First Corinthians chapter 15 is, is Paul's great sermon and teaching on, on the resurrection and what it means and why it's important for us. And I'm going to read a good portion of this. I'm going to read First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 28, and then I'm going to read verses 50 through 58. First Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ... We are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that the flesh and blood, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Just want to say to all of you who are parents who have, have children in, 
in the seats there with you, um, it's okay. It's okay if your children shout out. It's okay if they're wiggly and jiggly today. My sermon is only an hour and a half long. It's going to be just fine. You guys are going to be fine today, okay? Really, no, really, it's okay. The kids are here. We can tell that they, just by being here, bring a sense of energy and joy that we need to feel today. And so if in my sermon they cry, they yell, they get up, they jump around, they dance around, it's okay. It's okay. We're here together as a family. Today what I, I want to, to do today is just is, is talk about some of the, the purposes or, or the implications of the resurrection. We believe that the resurrection is true. I can hear that you believe today that the resurrection is true. I just want to talk a little bit today about what that means. So would you, would you pray with me as we, as we hear God's word? Lord, thank you for your word and what it says to us about our life, what it says to us about the meaning of our death, what it means about our eternal life. And Lord, we are here today to hear from you about this good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ today and what it means for us. We ask that you would teach us that some new insight, some deeper insight, some new thing today uh, that would cause us to love you even more and praise you even more than we already do. In Christ's name, amen. So resurrection is a work that only God can do. Resurrection is a work that only God can do. And that seems like a really obvious thing to say, and it is, but I'll say it again. Resurrection is a work that only God can do. Giving life to a body that was dead for three days is a work that only God can do. And we are here today to declare that this is exactly what God did on Sunday morning, on the first day of the week, almost 2,000 years ago, that God raised Jesus from the dead. We declare today that, that Jesus of Nazareth, after years of his public ministry, was betrayed by one of his own followers, was persecuted by the Jewish religious leaders, was sentenced to death by the Roman government authorities. He was whipped with a, a whip called a cat of nine tails that dug into his skin and raked over his back. He was given and mocked uh, with, a, with a purple robe and a crown of thorns on his head. He was, he was spit on and he was mocked and abused. Nails were driven into his hands and feet and he was lifted up high, exposed and publicly humiliated and died while hanging on a cross. His dead body was taken down off of the cross and wrapped into a cloth, and he was placed into a tomb with a large stone placed in front of the entrance. The dead body of Jesus laid in a quiet, still, dark tomb. But brothers and sisters, we gather today on the first day of this week. We gather today every Sunday because we declare. We we declare that the darkness of that tomb was filled with the light and glory and life-giving power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. 
This is what we declare today. And what an incredible thing to say. What an incredible thing to declare that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. But we're here today because we believe that it's true. We're here today because we believe that this moment happened and that it changed history. That the world is different because it happened. We're here today because we believe that it changed our own personal histories. We are different because it happened. We're here today not only because it changed our history, because it changed our past, but it also changes our future, our eternity. Our eternal life is different because it happened. We are here today because we believe that it's true. God raised Jesus from the dead. And my sermon today is really simple. Today I have four very simple and basic points to make about the implications of this truth, the implications of the resurrection. When we say that Jesus rose from the dead, that God raised Jesus from the dead, that it implies some other important truths that I think will be an encouragement for us today. And so today... I'm going to finish this, this phrase. We declare that God raised Jesus from the dead, so we say. And I'm going to finish that phrase. You can write that down in your notes. And if other things come up for you today, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end to fill in the blank on this sentence in whatever way that God has spoken to you about today or in your own life. We declare that God raised Jesus from the dead, so we say... We believe in God. That's obvious, right? It's simple. If resurrection is a work that only God can do, and if Jesus is risen from the dead, then we're saying today, we believe in God. And that all by itself is a really foolish thing to say in our modern world. But I suggest that we as Christians are at our best when we declare simple and foolish things in the world, like Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. We believe that God is real. God is real is the truest of all true things that can be said. And yet our world is blind to this true thing. If the truth sets us free, then believing lies is slavery. And the denial of this simplest of truths that God is real leads people, leads human beings to act in all sorts of ways that lead to their destruction. It leads us to act as if we are self-made. It leads human beings to, to determine, to believe that we determine what is right and wrong for our lives. It leads human beings to believe that the only thing that matters in this world is to gain power or wealth or status or whatever idol people have in their own lives. There are all sorts of dangerous and death-dealing consequences that come from not believing this simplest and truest of all truths that God is real. And so we declare today that God raised Jesus from the dead, and so we believe in God. We declare that God raised Jesus from the dead, and so we say that this God who is real moves and acts in our world. 
The God that raised Jesus from the dead isn't a God who made the world, set it spinning, and then walked away and left human beings up to our own wisdom and strength to make the best of things. The God who is real is the God who made us, the God who sees us, and the God who redeems us. God raised Jesus from the dead because he has a plan and a purpose for this world that he has made. He sees the consequences of our sin way better than we do. He sees how often we choose the wide road that leads to destruction rather than the narrow road that leads to life. He sees that way better than we do. And he loves his world and human beings that he made in his image way more than we do. And so he's made a plan to save and to redeem it, to save and to redeem us. And so since the very early pages of of Genesis, all the way to the end of Revelation, we read that the God who is real is a God who has a plan and a purpose. His purpose, as I often like to say, is to make his place and our place the same place. That he would make this world a place where we can dwell together with him. And so he acts, he moves and he acts in our world. The God who is real does incredible things like raising Jesus from the dead in order to carry out his plan and his purpose for the world. We declare that God raised Jesus from the dead. So we say, God defeated our great enemy death and gives us a way to share in that victory. Romans 8 says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. By declaring that God raised Jesus from the dead, we are saying to this world and in this world where there is a lot to be frightened of, that we don't have to be afraid anymore. Our greatest enemy, death, has been defeated. Because of Jesus, there really is nothing to be frightened of. We've been studying the book of Revelation this year, and in chapter 1 of that book, John sees that vision of the risen Jesus, the Son of Man, and he bows down before him, trembling. And Jesus places his right hand on John, and he says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death. He holds the keys of death. The keys of death were hanging on the inside of Christ's tomb, and he went there and he got them for us. He experienced death. He went to the tomb, got the keys so that he would conquer death and allow us to also join together in that victory. And his promise to us is that if we are joined together with him by faith, If we believe in Him, if we place our trust in Him, we will be joined together with Him and share in this victory over our greatest enemy, death. We declare that God raised Jesus from the dead, and so we say, we can be a people of hope. Yeah, praise God.
We can be a people of hope. Even in the year 2020 and 2021, we can be a people of hope. Hope can feel hard to come by these days. Yeah? But we declare that the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is alive among us. It seems to be one of God's favorite things to do is to bring hope from despair. To bring about good from evil. To bring about resilience through suffering. To be, bring forgiveness in places of division. To reconcile enemies and to make them friends. To bring healing from sickness. To bring life from death. Brothers and sisters, if you declare that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you are saying that because God is real, because He is a God who acts in our world to even go so far as to defeat our greatest enemy for us, then we can be people of hope today. And so I want each of you, I want to take a moment to be quiet and simply to write out the... <laughs> Lisa's laughing, and as I said, to be quiet... We declare that God raised Jesus from the dead, and so we say, and I want you to write, what is it for you today that you want to say, because God raised Jesus from the dead, what is it that you say today? Just take a, a minute to write that down, then I'm going to give us all a chance to just stand up, and you can read those out loud together. God, thank you for this good truth that because you raised Jesus from the dead that we can be a people of hope.